Hey, I'm really glad you've joined us online today. In the Bible book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman raising her voice to get our attention. How does she try to get our attention? Check it out. Proverbs 8, 1 through 5 says, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way at the crossroads, she takes her stand beside the gates in front of the town. At the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Wisdom is discovered in the midst of living life. It's as you walk by the way, as you find yourself at a crossroads, as you are beside the gates, as you go through portals, which sounds pretty cool. Uh, it's the way, good, cool way of saying go through doors. Wisdom is crying out to learn prudence and good sense. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense, she cries. Don't be simple-minded, she says, but think about life and learn from it so that you don't live the same days months, and years over and over and over again. The sooner you get wisdom, the better. If you're in your teens or 20s, you have an advantage. You should pursue wisdom aggressively because if you do and you find wisdom, the wisdom of God, it will help you avoid a tremendous amount of pain in life and will help you make the right kind of progress in life, and your life will be good and fulfilling and right. If you're past your teen years, you should know that God is always gracious. Whenever we turn to him, he wants to help. He helps us when we confess our sins. We own our part of the problem. When we admit our mistakes, we've used poor judgment to read situations wrongly and we do something stupid he's gracious in these times so whatever stage of life you're in if you're in your 30s 40s 50s 60s or beyond know that God is gracious he wants to help he wants to help you grow in wisdom whenever you're ready to start it's a beautiful reality It's never too late to start seeking wisdom from God. Here's something else about wisdom that you and I need to know. God is gracious, for sure, but lady wisdom is not. Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. So, Lady Wisdom only loves those who love her. She reveals herself only to those who seek her diligently, aggressively. There is a connection between God and the wisdom we need to know about. God has built wisdom into the way life works best. He has woven it into the very fabric of our lives. And we either live God's way of wisdom 
for we hurt ourselves by not living God's way. He has built, God has built, unbreakable principles of wisdom into life and the way it works. As we break ourselves against them, these principles of wisdom, he wants us to turn to him and learn his wisdom. When we turn to him, he is gracious, and he helps us to learn a better way. That's why he built the wisdom principles into the way life works best. And this is how we live. We don't keep living the same days over and over. In this message, we're going to look at the requirements to get wisdom. The attitudes you must choose before you get it. To get wisdom, you must pursue it with a specific approach and attitude if God is going to give it to you. And and that's what we're talking about today. What attitudes are required by God before you get wisdom? In the next series, called The Pursuit, we're going to see how God uh, says to pursue wisdom in Scripture. But first, I'd like to walk through what we've covered so far in this message series. So we're going to do a message series review real quickly. In the gaining an edge message, we saw that wisdom gives you an edge in life. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. I, I talked about in this message how dull axe blades tend to glance or bounce. They require much more effort to chop the wood. And I'm in no way a lumberjack, uh, but I've chopped a little wood, and I can verify this. They bounce. It takes a lot more work if the edge isn't sharp. Time spent sharpening the edge of the axe blade allows you to get more done in chopping wood. It literally gives you an edge. It's the exact same thing with wisdom. Wisdom gives you an edge that brings success in life and helps you to make progress, which God has a bias for us making progress in life. It is well worth the diligent effort it takes to get wisdom. It is so valuable that scripture says you should pour all your money and energy, money, that's a combo word, money, pour all your money, pour all your money and energy into getting wisdom. Wisdom flows from its source, God himself. Proverbs says that he gives wisdom. It comes from his mouth, the Bible, and through his spirit as we get into the scripture and as we deal with life every day. This is why it's so important to let God lead your life and to turn from your folly to seek him. Pastor Thad gave us a snapshot of the wise in the second message of this series. Here's a snapshot. A wise person lives a good life, walks exactly, and has gumption. Gumption is a word we don't use very often today. Thad wants to make it great again. Uh, But it means taking initiative and using good sense. It's a strong word, and 
a very wise practice to make a habit of doing. There's a contrast in strategies between those built on folly and wisdom. And I talked about this in the third week of the series. A foolish strategy leaves a wake of turmoil in its path. Looney Tunes has the Tasmanian devil who always travels in a tornado, uh, leaving a path of destruction behind. And according to scripture, foolish strategies leave a path of destruction behind them. In this message, we saw the impact of the foolish strategies and the tornado they stir up. In contrast, wise strategies are refreshing like a gentle breeze. That's one reason we need to work with God to let him grow wisdom in us. This is what the church is all about. Several passages in the New Testament talk about how wisdom and the word of God is to be at the heart of our worship, community groups, and other meetings in the church. We we talk about uh, what God says about life and his unbreakable principles of wisdom so that we can grow in it. And the church body really helps us grow in wisdom. That's That's God's design for the church. Last week, Pastor Thad talked about the God who is there. The assumptions we make about God and his involvement in our lives are crucial in growing wise. Wisdom requires two keys to unlock it. First of all, the correct assumption about God and his ways, not who you want him to be, but who he really is. And second, a heart that is willing to trust and obey God. Wisdom comes from its source, from God himself. If we trust him, he unlocks the vault of wisdom for us. And today, we're looking at the attitudes we must choose before we get wisdom. And those attitudes are humility and the fear of the Lord. First, humility is the great precursor to wisdom. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. The arrogant think they know better than God. Pride is a major wisdom blocker. Thinking you know more than your maker is crazy talk. And God promises that with pride comes a fall every time. There's a lot of thinking today that's going on and ideas and uh, ways of looking at life that don't include God in them. The number one concern, though, regarding any issue should be, what does God think about that issue? Marxism is prevalent today in different forms. And Marx was an atheist who said religion is the opiate of the masses. And so he, he, he discounted God. He didn't include God in his thinking. And the current theories that are flowing out of, uh, his, his 
theory, uh, critical race theory and intersectionality, they don't include God in them either. They don't include God in their thinking, and they try to get justice apart from God. And their strategies lead to confusion and injustice. No justice is to be found. God made us, and his truth is the only path to justice. Thinking we know better than God is a major wisdom blocker. On the other hand, humility is the staging ground for wisdom. It's the great precursor to getting wisdom. If you were to set out to climb Mount Everest, which I personally have no interest in doing, but I do think it's a cool thing, and I know people in our congregation who would love to do that, you would, if, if anyway, if you were to set out to climb Mount Everest, you would need to have a staging ground, a base camp that you launched from. You would set up camp and gather your equipment before you head up the mountain. And that's what humility is. It's the staging ground. It's base camp before you get wisdom. It is required to, to choose. So let's take a closer look at what the Bible means by humility. Practically, to be humble is to recognize my position before God. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. The passage in Proverbs I read earlier says that when pride comes, then comes disgrace. It's the opposite with humility. When you choose humility uh, before God by admitting your need for him and his wisdom, he lifts you up. So in the world we live in, God is lifting up the humble and bringing down the proud. You see this all the time. You can count on it. God may delay, but the proud refuse, who refuse to repent, they will go down. Mark God's word. To be humble also means to recognize my position in relation to others. Every person on earth has equal value before the living God, and we experience the significance that God intends us to experience when we connect with him and see ourselves the way he does. And we learn what he thinks about us from the Bible. Humility is an attitude, and when we choose an attitude we're taking a mental approach or angle of approach to something. Humility involves choosing an attitude of deference. You don't make yourself the most important person in the room, organization, or church, or anywhere you find yourself if you're humble. Here's a passage that makes this clear for us. Philippians 2, 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. This is the way humility approaches relationships. We, we know that we're just as valuable, we're just as significant as the person that we're talking to as anyone else on the face of the earth. 
but we choose to treat them as more significant, as more valuable. And this makes relationships hum. Humility is absolutely required by God before he will give wisdom. Pride seriously clouds your judgment and causes you not to see the proper relationship between people and things in relationships and in projects and all of life. In grad school, I went to the batting cages with a friend of mine, and a young doctor showed up who whose office I cleaned. I owned a janitorial service, and well, it actually owned me, but that's another story. But this young doctor, I cleaned his office. He showed up, and while I was in the cage trying to hit the ball, my friend started telling him, how good I was in baseball. He he told him I went to Baylor to play baseball, blah, blah, blah. And he was pumping me up to the point I could not see the baseball to hit it. If you were there, you could probably hear the pump every comment made, blowing my mind up, my puffing me up. Any, anyway... Um, and I went 0 for 25. I had 25 baseballs to hit. 0 for 25. And I'm a contact hitter. So pride is not good. It doesn't help you see things the way you should. It it blurs your focus. Proverbs 26.12 says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The second attitude we must choose to get wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the breakthrough point into the realm of wisdom. It's like tunneling, tunneling through a mountain. Uh, I've never done that, but you know, you can imagine it, I'm sure. Uh, when you're tunneling through a mountain, you get to a point where you see light breaking through. That's when you know you're on the other side. And when you fear God, when you have the fear of the Lord, that's when you know you've stepped into the realm of wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So that's the breakthrough point. Here's some passage that, passages that define the fear of the Lord for us. To fear God means to take God seriously and live within his boundaries. 1 Peter 1.17 And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. We're all equal before him. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. We don't live in fear that God is going to squash us or reject us if we've connected with him. We can completely rely on the gracious God we serve. Reverent fear means to respect God. 
enough to know that he disciplines his kids when we step out of bounds. Remember, he wove wisdom into the very fabric of life. So we hurt ourselves when we don't stay inside the boundaries God has set up for us. To fear God also means to revere God enough that we want to please him. 1 Peter 2.17, respect everyone and love the family of believers, fear God and respect the king. To fear God is to respect him enough so or, or to respect him so much that you want to please him and do what he says. Fearing God also means you've made a per, prior decision to obey him. John 7.17 says, If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Practically, when you fear God, you are already leaning in the direction of obeying him. And this opens up the realm of wisdom to you. If you never get to the point where you've decided to obey God before his will is revealed to you, then you don't grow spiritually. The Bible tells us that every human being on the planet chose to rebel against God and tries to live their life independent of him at the beginning, at the outset. This is not a wise decision. But all of us start out this way. The result of our decision to rebel is that we're cut off from knowing God personally. We are cut off from the rich, full, and meaningful life God wants us to experience. We're cut off from his wisdom. To reconnect with God and experience salvation, you and I must humble ourselves, admit our sin and rebellion, and make Jesus Christ Lord, which is the the way that that we express our fear of God. Then, at this point, you receive salvation and begin to grow in wisdom. This is how you fear God. God gives wisdom to you when you choose to humble yourself and fear him. This is how it flows. This is required before you get wisdom. You need to do. Choose these attitudes. When you experience trouble because of your folly, God graciously will help you and guide you if you humbly admit that you need his help and that you've blown it. We've seen in this message how important obedience is for growing wise. So I want to encourage you to take a next step of obedience. And here are some suggestions I have for next steps. My next step today is to, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and commit to follow him as Lord. And then secondly, think about what I've talked about all through this message. To grow in wisdom, I will, and circle one of these, humble myself before God, Humble myself before others. Take God seriously. 
take God seriously by living within his boundaries and make a prior decision to obey God. Circle one of those. Whatever God said to you today, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your kindness, your goodness, your grace. You are so gracious, God. And thank you for the way that you have woven wisdom into the very fabric of our lives so that when we live on our own and life doesn't work, we can turn to you. That's that's your intent, so that we turn to you and find you in the midst of living life. God, thank you for your wisdom in this. I ask your blessing on us. I pray that you'd give us the strength to take the next steps that you want us to take and that you would be pleased and honored as we take these steps. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.